back again. And today we are at NJM Marketing. Uh, well, it is that's part of it. Matt Jensen Marketing. We're recording in, in on location today. Uh, so I'm here as always. I'm Ryan Kahn's here with my great friend, Mr. Ben Kirsch. How are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. I'm hyped, man. Uh, this episode is so on mission for mandate. Um, a part of me feels like, man, it would have been really great to have Matt right at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> and then we got kind of relaunched with Matt. Yep. Uh, because it's just a, it's, a, it, it is truly on brand for what we're trying to do, which is at the basis, right? We're trying to create meaningful relationship so people feel comfortable to have vulnerable conversations because they move mountains. Yes. Right? They make us all alike. And Matt goes into that so eloquently. Um, the one thing I said to him right after the episode, uh, and I truly mean it, is a person of your status, uh, a, an owner of a company, uh, a CEO of, of a internationally recognized practice, uh, a lot of people can make assumptions, right? And we know what happens when you assume. Yep. And I think there are plenty of people that would use a platform like our little hobby podcast and be preachy, right? And be like, I, I have it all together and this is what I do and you should do what I do. Right. That This entire podcast is, here's what I, I didn't do right. And here's what I'm doing to rectify that. Me as a man, me as a husband, me as a father, and then as a worker, you know, that's one thing I, I talk about, especially a lot in my mentorship is, you know, I see myself as a follower, right? Right. And then I see myself as a husband. I see myself as a dad and then everything else is down here. That's what I say. Right. I say that really well. Yeah. yeah I say that great as well. Yep. <laughs> but we have to completely flip that over and that's how I am. Right. And that's how people perceive me. So that means that is who I am. So how do we get back to flipping that back? And I think Matt is going to, Mandates. I, I know that you're going to listen to this episode, and it's going to rattle some things. Yes, uh, in you, uh, and it's going to make you a better person. So as we have guests and everything, and you know, we, we kind of go in different directions and whatnot. And truly, for mandate, our 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 north star is vulnerable conversations. And yeah. so this is absolutely true. It gets us right back to pointing north for yeah. for as far as that goes. So uh, really great, really great guest. Super entertaining, funny person, uh, Matt Jensen's joining us. But, uh, other thing is let's get into Sioux Falls Finest. I've let's had, do it. I've had some really great, uh, comments about Sioux Falls Finest. People Sioux Falls really Finest. Enjoying this. So, Sioux Falls Finest. So we're going to keep going. Let's do it. And I get to pick the topic today. You get to pick the topic. Topic is pets. Okay. It can be your pet store. It can be your, where you buy your pets. It can be where you board your pets. Pet is the topic. Pets is the top. So what is your favorite pet place? Well, Ryan, I'm brand new to pets, right? Yes, I'm three weeks, three weeks in. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm going to shout out where we got our dog. All right. Uh, we got our dog from an awesome nonprofit in town called B-Squad. Uh, they are out in Brandon Valley. They essentially rescue dogs uh, from puppy mills. So what we found out is a lot of people that breed these dogs uh, they sell the first part of the litter, right? That goes markedly well. They sell them for $2,500 and each dog goes to a wonderful home. And then there's two or three more dogs left over. What do they do with those dogs? Well, first they want to give it to a shelter, right? That's probably a good place. Yep. But when the shelter's full, they just shoot the dogs. So what does B-Squad do? They go down through these puppy mills like once a month 
And these puppy mills will actually call B Squad now really? and be like, hey, we have dogs. We got to get rid of these things. Otherwise, oh, we're going to do what we say we're going to do. And so they went down to get our dog, Nora, uh, and with the intention of just bringing 60 dogs back, they brought 130 dogs back to Sioux Falls. And you only bought one? And we only... Stop it. Jeez, Ben. She came with a, she came with a sister, and we should have brought... We should have got two, but... <laughs> We can only manage one because we have three other monsters. Yeah. Uh, but here's the best part. It's a fostering. They foster all of these dogs. None of these sit in like a shelter. Yeah. Right. They foster out to all these parents in and around Sioux Falls. And, and then like to get a dog, right, there's an application. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a background check. Yeah. And then there's a home study to adopt this dog, right? They want to make sure that these are going to good homes, that they're not going to end up in the shelter that you're ready to take on a dog. So huge, huge shout out to B Squad. That's awesome. It was an awesome experience. Um, it's going to cost you like four to $600 to get the dog. Okay. But what, what they don't uh, necessarily say on the front end, but I asked if I could say this, was that includes the spay or neuter oh. of your dog. Okay. Uh, so that will you know, essentially almost pay for itself. Oh, I mean, you're yeah. going to pay about that to get that dog spayed or neutered. Yeah, that's... So try beating that, bro. So, uh, well, I know, I know. (laughs) I was hoping that I'd get you on one, but now my friend Mark Olson, uh, shout out to Mark Olson, actually is one of those foster parents for dogs. Very cool. Yeah. So, and uh, can I can I interrupt you real quick then? Yeah, absolutely. Because that was really really hard because we had a foster family that had two these two dogs, Nora and her sister Ellie. And this was the first time in their life they'd be split up. Oh, okay. This is also the first time in their life that their teenage daughter was going to be without Nora. And she oh. came over and was just a ball of tears. And it was really, really difficult to take that dog. So these are, I mean, these foster parents, Yeah. shout out to Mark Olson. Like that would not be something easy to do, right? Just like foster parenting. Like you get to know these beings and all their intricacies and all their awesomeness. And then you, you know, you give them to a, a family that wants them. That'd be really, really hard. So shout out Mark Olson. Well, thank you for that one. That was actually really good. Good. Okay, so Ryan, Ryan, reset, reset. Okay. Okay, so you have, uh, we're talking all thing pets, in and around Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls finest. Where are you going? Paws Pet Resort. Talk to me about that. South Cliff, way south, pretty much in Harrisburg. That is a new place that was uh, partnered with Kingdom Capital, so they have a mission to also help Mission Haiti, but I mean, it's a place, I mean, it's, We've had our dog trained there. We've had friends that have a dog trained there. It's been an awesome experience. So uh, Sammy Joe Menning at Paws Pet Resort is the one that got us into the loop on that, and it's been great. So so I think a lot of people, Ryan, are kind of scared of those resorts. Um, why don't you try to qualm some of their stresses of why, you, why they think they are not going to bring their dog to a pet resort? So like, what are the cool things that happen there? So our dog, Bailey, is a yellow lab, and so we brought her from pretty much the time that we brought her home. We had her going three days a week, so the nice thing is we get to drop her off. It's, it's kind of like dropping off. I drop the kids off, and then I drop off Bailey. Daycare. And yeah, so she's there, and they want her from 8 to 5. You're not supposed to pick up early because they do training for this. We're doing a puppy university, so she learns how to be a puppy, essentially. So that's kind of where we're at. So she, they do like a, just obedience training, um, and then you're also do like uh, a training we did a training on Tuesday nights for a while where we were going through the same things that she was learning so that we're consistent with the trainer so honestly it's been a great thing I know other friends of ours that have 
done the off-leash training there and when I mean their their dog is just completely changed like as far as like just really well behaved and just and I mean just a great dog and you know and, and also that dog got to a point where it's age appropriate for you know but our, our dog's five months old and she very quickly was house trained very quickly um she's sitting staying the, doing those things she gets like overly excited for food right now it's like she's same she's like so i hope she outgrows that but other than that she's been a pretty good dog and i honestly pause pairs are they're just great people very friendly very uh, it's just a great experience so yeah, very cool yeah uh, so ryan one thing i want to leave the listeners with uh, i did most of talking about matt jensen um what what's the one thing that you want people to hear i want of? people to hear like that Matt's very well known and very well liked and very uh, well respected in this community. And if he can be on our podcast and be vulnerable, I want everybody to be comfortable with just like, hey, find someone to be vulnerable with. If you have, if you struggle with that, find one person that you can talk to to be vulnerable. And just really like, it, it's okay. It's okay because we're not, all of us have our thing, right? Yeah. Everybody's got their thing. So find a group, find a man or a woman or, or however that works for what mm-hmm. what's appropriate for you and you know what's appropriate for yeah. your listeners uh, and just do life with people very good awesome well uh, really excited for this one so um, thanks for tuning in enjoy the episode welcome back to the man date podcast a podcast where we encourage people towards deeper relationship through meaningful conversation a podcast where you'll get to know people from the 605. Here's our latest episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Man Date Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Ben Krush. I am here, as always, with my main man, Ryan. Pros and cons, cons. Ryan, how you doing today, big guy? Uh, I'm doing awesome. Mr. Krush, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. We are in a new place, a new setting, uh, in a building I've, well, in a room I've never been in. Never been in this room. No, I've never been in this section of this building. We're here in the Harvester building. We were invited here by our guest today. Yep. We're here at Matt Jensen Marketing uh, in his place here on the first floor. It's an incredible space, very, very nice. Yep. So We got to meet his team. Got to meet his team. Which, and young, vibrant, energetic. And Wonderful. highly talented. Very talented team here. So uh, it's fun to record on site. We always enjoy doing that, but uh, really fun to be here with the great Matt Jensen. So so that's our that's our guest for today. I kind of spilled it, but uh, <laughs> our guest today is Matt Jensen, and uh, I've had the opportunity to work out with him and just, you know, we were from the same town, things like that. So uh, Matt, thanks for joining us today, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ben. And thanks for having us and coming on site and uh, doing the podcast here. We're, we're excited to share a little message with Mandate. And uh, yeah, uh, um, like you mentioned, Ryan, I, I went to Brandon Valley High School, so kind of close by, kind of a townie. Go links, go links. But uh, grew up in Pier and uh, was a farm kid. Uh, went to Brandon for some high school and then went on to Augustana. Spent some time at Lawrence and Schiller. A marketing firm here in town and was mentored by the founders there and really cut my teeth in the messaging world and uh, um, just a few years after that ran off with a client Vance Thompson of Vance Thompson Vision and that was 20 years ago um, 
have been in a leadership role with that organization for a long, long time. And um, somewhere along the way, 15 years ago or so, started a little marketing firm that spends a lot of time in healthcare, but also the other half of their time in Main Street business and, and really messaging for ministry. And, uh, and yeah, I've got a, a beautiful wife. She's a family doc and uh, three beautiful girls in high school and middle school. And, you know, and I, this is what we'll get into today. But from the outside looking in, it's kind of a pinch me life. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the guts to write it as good as it's gone. Um, and, and I'd never believe you if you told the 17-year-old me that it would be as good as it is. And yet, um, you know, as a man and a believer and somebody who is in leadership, there's, there's a lot more to it and a lot more stressors to that that I hope we get into today. So thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks it's, for being here. Do it's you, a huge pleasure. Maybe you want to hit on the goat farm just a little bit, just for fun. Oh yeah, well, so yeah, and uh, goat, the, goat the, go, the goat goat, yoga. goat. <laughs> like a pumpkin farm. What is it? Geo, uh, it's geodes. Uh, we farm <laughs> we farm rare uh, elements and uh, um, minerals. We uh, no, we have a we have a hobby farm east of town, um, just on the Minnesota border, and um, we've got you know Cooney Cooney pigs who just had piglets. We've got miniature donkeys and miniature cows and and we've got a bunch of goats and ducks and chickens and, and just a few months ago a couple of uh trained yoga instructors i think we call them yogis and yep. that's that's not a punch that's not a joke yep. that's yep. what we no, call that's, them that's yep. what they're called that's yep. what they're called yep so uh so straight face everybody um yogis called and uh they wanted to do goat yoga at our place using our goats and and every week there's been three or four classes at our place and it is a kick in the head. It is so much fun to watch. People. Not literally though, just for safety. Yeah, the no, no, are no, no, that's why I said it that way. There's some, <laughs> there's some kicks in heads and, um, uh, but these like baby goats are hopping all over people and, and you, you just cannot help, but like you just giggle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, uh, it is a small wonder that a little animal like that while stretching and trying to find your center would be such a dichotomy that is memorable, but, you know, anywhere from 50 to 80 people come to each session and it's just a fun way for us to, you know, show hospitality and be part of a creative community in the country. And, and so that's been a real highlight the last six months or so. It's, I mean, it's, it's blown up. I mean, mm -hmm. I hear about it from so many different like pockets of people and it's just, it's been fun to hear about it. And it's yeah. like Matt Jensen's goat farm. Like that's, that's where you do this. <laughs> so Ryan, I mean, you did this. I think it's pretty obvious from the look of my body that mm -hmm. I do yoga. But you did the goat yoga. I haven't done the goat yoga. I've done the yoga. I mean, this is a podcast, and I'm just a guest here, but when people think yoga and tights, they think Ryan Conn. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the brand you put out. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, uh, But this podcast isn't about me and my yoga physique, so it's about you, Matt. <laughs> I, I've got a question right away. Matt, um, one thing when Ryan was explaining you to me uh the first thing he said is he's on a sabbatical i said well how do you be on a sabbatical if you're running a marketing company and the ceo of a i would say a, a regionally flagship eye vision hmm. ophthalmology practice mm -hmm. um and you've been on this for a while mm -hmm. like you're nine months in ten months in uh, no uh so it's a six month sabbatical oh, okay I'm two and a uh, two and a half months in um, we're in the middle of September right now. And yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, part of the, I mean, that's the real thesis, I think, behind what we're going to talk about today. And, and here's the backdrop. Um, 
you know, we, we come out of school, we come out of training, whatever we're going to do. And, and, uh, and I think as men and, and probably as women too, though, I can't speak with authority from their kind of uh, drive, but, um, as men, we, we just feel like we got to leave our mark. We're encouraged to hustle. I remember saying things, you know, early on in my career and even recently, like I'm not the smartest, but I can outwork and I'm just willing to steal from sleep, to grind, to get it done. And uh, for almost 20 years, at least for, for our, my, my major day-to-day, our, the company that's in ophthalmology, Vance Thompson Vision, we've been doing that and building a brand. And we've gone from, you know, I was employee number 13 in 2014. Wow. Uh, 2004, sorry. And, um, and, and now we have 370 souls who clock in at Vance Thompson Vision in Sioux Falls or Fargo or Bozeman or Billings or Omaha or Sioux City or Alexandria, Minnesota. And, um, and you said, you know, I mean, I, I hate to correct you, but I'm, I'm kind of in charge of the brand, but regionally, yeah, we're, we're, we want to be the go-to, um, the assumptive place to go for any kind of surgical eye needs regionally. But, um, you know, Vance was at my home last night. He's leaving for Milan on Sunday where he's going to go train doctors to do things that we do here that they don't do in Europe or Asia or things like that yet. And so, so, um, internationally, yeah, internationally, we, we have a swath, uh, to cut and we feel like that's our responsibility and, and the feelings that I have about grinding and the responsibility to, to make things better for, you know, people who are, who need eye care. Um, it's not mine alone. The, the doctors I work with have that heavy burden as well to deliver on that sacred trust that patients have. And so if you're going to have any kind of surgical care on your eyes in the mountain West or upper Midwest, we want it to be a foregone conclusion that you've got to choose us or choose away from us. We're at least a part of that decision Yeah. now. Okay. So, so for fear of rambling, you know, what I mean by that is, is, uh, you know, every one of us is waking up every single day with this burden of, you know, it, it better be the best it can possibly be. And if you can imagine it being better, then we're just like tireless to make it better. Well, I'm not, you know, I still, after 20 years, have, haven't done a surgery. They still won't let me, you know. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, my, my role and responsibility is to create uh, a team experience. Right. Right. For those 370 souls where they feel like this is the kind of place I want to come back to every day. And if I'm going to spend a third of my life, you know, more than half of my waking hours at a place, boy, I want it to be someplace that's uplifting and encouraging and where I go home with energy and can give more because people are pouring in, you know, we're just, you know, we've got some swagger here and, and that's a job that's never done. So that can be both blessing and it is one because we just have an incredible culture, but it can be a heavy weight for folks who are trying to keep that edge all the time. So. You know, Ben, you asked about a sabbatical, and, and the long and short of it is after 19 years of grinding um, and getting to all these sites and hiring and making sure the culture's the same in Billings as it is in Sioux City and that, um, that no matter where somebody darkens the door, uh, walks into a Vance Thompson vision, that it's going to be the best experience they have. Not healthcare experience, not, not eye care experience, that it's the best experience. Mm-hmm. Like they have an option to go to a nice restaurant or go to our clinics. Our clinics are going to have better customer experience. Um, with that as a challenge, um, boy, you can, you can burn up pretty quick. And I, I spent a lot of time 
choosing away from myself, my health, uh, choosing away from my faith and my, my quiet time. Not, not like in a, you know, um, rebellious way, but just prioritization. I didn't, I didn't prioritize my faith. I didn't prioritize my family. And, and, you know, it can take a chunk out of your hide. And you look back and realize, man, I don't have much for margins. I don't have much for reserves. And the doctors seeing that suggested, they just said, listen, man, you've been pushing hard. Why don't you take some time, work on you, be there for your family. Your girls need you. These are important years. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful that they've afforded that kind of time to just focus on me. Wow. And um, so that's big time. I think that's a testament Matt, to the culture that you've created as well. I mean, this, what you're saying, I think is a very foreign concept, not just in the Midwest. Um, you know, there's this Midwest work ethic. It's something we're proud of. It's something that uh, I think a lot of companies, organizations uh, want to grab from the Midwest uh, in terms of employees because we have that work ethic. Um, but then that's the expectation for a lot of different organizations Let's just talk here in Sioux Falls. And what you're talking about is providing uh, what I would call a holistic approach to personal care. And you have a full understanding that these are people walking in here, spending more waking hours with you and the doctors and your patients than they are with their own families. And that's a responsibility that you have as the CEO to make sure that they feel cared for, that they feel loved, that, they, that they're going to bring the same energy on a Monday, first day of work, as they do 20 years in on a Friday. That is a, that's not something that is said a whole lot. And yeah, maybe it's, it's said, but it's not practiced. Well, it's a tall order. And, and, and listen, sometimes I, I don't want to overstate um, the the uh the bliss right i mean sometimes work is work and you just got to grind and and that comes you know we say you know the rocks come with the farm but um but we also want to have an understanding with one another that uh, to be a complete individual and to have the stamina to stay for the long term in something you gotta we we have to focus on more than just production and output now now i'll just kind of run right to a couple of fears okay so you what happens along the way with men or guys like me, um, with, maybe I'll just make it about me, what's happened along the way for me is that you become so accustomed to being successful in business, be surrounded by people who praise you for having a great culture, having great output, having new innovation, having all these great things, and then uh, somewhere along the line, you start thinking, well, that's, that's who I am in business. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. And when you have to, um, when you take the bench, you've got a, there's a couple of cold thoughts that I have like, okay, so if I leave on sabbatical for six months and the company does well without me, what does that mean mm-hmm. about who I am? Like maybe I'm not the man. I mean, if they can just do it without me, cut to the other side of that spectrum, which is uh, any good leader should be able to step out of their organization and have it function at least as good with them right if they've if they've prepared the next generation of leaders mm-hmm. and so you kind of also want that but then so then you're left kind of holding these two you know you know I'm holding up both my left and my right hand kind of in balance like you're you're trying to say okay so what do I really want here 
as far as my own place in this work. And, and that's why I, this, is, this is the crux of my sabbatical is, okay, so apart from all this, who am I and what should I be doing with my life? These are the questions of mankind. And, um, and, and listen, you don't have to go very much further than the Bible to know that the only peace comes from knowing where your true identity is. Right. And, um, and, and I, while I wish I could say it's in my work, it, that, that is, that it falters. It just slips right through my fingers. And it's got to be bigger than that. And that's what this time is for. So, Matt, we are coming off as a, as a country and I'm sure as a world. But specifically in the country, we've had the great resignation where people are leaving their jobs with no plan. And there's, there's like real mental health and burnout and the, all those buzzwords going on right now. So take us back to 2019, end of 2019, early 2020, where, where you guys were at for employee-wise and just the challenge that you put on yourself to get through all that. You know, the um, coming into 2020, I mean, especially in our industry, it was like the era of good feeling. We're like, listen, guys, it's we're in vision care and it's the year 2020. (laughs) Like we are going to rock the face off this year. (laughs) It's going to be the celebratory get your 2020 on year. And um, every nonprofit vision statement. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) And um, uh, and, uh, you know, we like everybody else had it just kind of handed to us February and March of that year. And for the first couple of weeks, I mean, we shut down um, like a lot of places did under some of the guidance that we had from the healthcare world. And, and, um, and it, was, it was scary, you know, because we had at that time a couple hundred employees and we're trying to figure out, okay, so what do we do? People across the country are furloughing or letting people go. And we just felt the responsibility to Again, on that same mentality of team first that we talked about earlier, we wanted to make sure that we hold things together as long as we can. And so leaders, you know, doctors started going without pay. Leaders started going with a lower pay. Everybody started to sacrifice so front lines could be whole. And we were really proud of the work that we did. I mean, our, some of our doctors were getting early drafts of some of the legislation to see, okay, so how is this going to look with PPP? What can we anticipate? I mean, we dug in to the business side, the regulatory side of our work, just like we dig into the medical side in regular times. And I remember uh, one of our doctors saying, this is like the Super Bowl of leadership right now. And, um, and I remember wearing that like a badge of honor. Like we're gonna hold our team together. We'd send videos to our team, to all of their mobiles every other day saying oh, just four bullet points, okay? Here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. I wanna remind you of what the goal is. The goal is to land this plane with everybody on it. And then the fourth point was when we're going to talk to you again. We'll send another video like this on Friday with any updates. And we did that every other day during the whole time mm-hmm. until we had answers. And then we had town halls as to how we're going to get people back on, you know, two-thirds time, three-fourths time, full-time, whatever. And we threaded the needle. We, we, we did what we said we were going to do, which is hold the team together and still be a business that was solvent when it was done. But the doctor was wrong. The, the, the problem with the pandemic is everybody was going through it, and so that big challenge was normalized for everybody. And, and we've got, there's pros and cons to how some organizations handled that, but I believe the Super Bowl of leadership is the, is the now part. That's the, right. The two years after, when we're handling, like where all of the anxiety is still there, all of the looming fear is there that the bottom could drop out, um, and yet 
every business, every individual is going through it personally, not publicly like they did when the pandemic was affecting everyone equally. And it's a different kind of scared right now. And um, uh, meanwhile, there's a lot of great things that businesses are doing to kind of stem it. But I think that it's, it's tougher to find a blueprint now for how to be a good leader than it was during the pandemic. And that's a funny thing to say because the pandemic was such a big moment. Uh, but this is, a, this is a crisis that leaders have right now, I think, that's individualized and, um, and not as public and, and maybe even insidious. Hmm. Quick pause. We appreciate you listening to this week's guest on the Mandate Podcast. To support the Mandate Podcast, please, if you like this episode, share it with a friend. Also, like and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at MandatePod or shoot us an email at Mandate.Pod at Gmail. Com. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Matt, um, so what does, I, I want to go back to this sabbatical experience. And, and you did a really nice job of explaining like how, how you got there uh, in terms of like the ABCs, one, two, threes. Doctors, they notice you're putting in the grind. You built this culture. Things are going great. First of all, the question, where are you spending your time right now in sabbatical? And then the follow-up question, and I'll let you kind of stew on it, but I'll ask it again, is where are you going to spend time? What, essentially, what have you learned of how you're going to spend your time when you're off sabbatical? So where are you spending now? Where, what are you going to learn from this in, in your time later? Because I assume we're talking about that economy, right? The economy of time. Is that the main robbed piggy bank? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, one of the things that I love as a study, I mean, I don't have many hobbies. Um, I have a hobby farm where I'm kind of dumb labor and uh, take great orders from my wife who's got a vision for the place. And I do love having a job where, um, where I'm just kind of told what to do. Every other job I've ever had, I'm kind of telling, like I got a, you got to come up with a strategy and be in charge. And I just kind of like being ordered around sometimes. And same. Um, but uh, um, as it relates to your question, one of the things that I do find myself reading on and I'm fascinated about is this idea of fuss, um, how to make something more experiential. Um, experience design as a school of thought is something that I've studied and been certified in. There's some book authors who are friends who have, you know, trained me and some of my colleagues in, in several different fields on how to make something more experiential than, than just regular business transaction. And, and you hit on it, um, but I'll, I'll do the big reveal. Now, the, the currency of experience design is time. You want, you want to create a great experience? Uh, time has to be the denominator of that equation. You want to have a great restaurant experience. It's not going to be a three minute uh, endeavor. No. I mean, we can eat, let, let's point to a couple, right? There's five star restaurants, right? Where they've got a wine pairing and a, you know, a, a, a prefix meal and, and, and it's going to be three or four hours. Okay. Time. Um, we can go way to the other side of the spectrum uh, because I, it's not just a knock on fast food. Chick-fil-A has a great experience. And while the food comes fast and it's considered fast food, you're not in and out. You're in that line for a long time. And they've extended that experience beyond just the store to be immersive way before you even get to the 
to the stage of ordering. Okay, so so both you know both elements, both ends of the spectrum, and just the restaurateur world can leverage that time factor to make it a different kind of experience. You with me? Yep. Okay, so the same thing applies to our personal lives. Uh, there's, um, I learned the hard way a long time ago that there's no such thing as quality time for my girls. Just time. I don't get to choose when my girls say, Dad, that was the best day ever. Um, I don't get to plan a weekend and say, this is our quality time weekend. It can be, we can be driving home from something. We can, we, I mean, it can come at any moment, and, and it can be... Um, that can be the best day of their life. I'm reminding of one of my daughters. We went fishing and we did we did terribly, right? And uh, I'm feeling like a failure because I don't even know how to fish, right? And I'm trying. And she had you know written down or something and communicated to me that it was like the, her best her best day. And I thought that day was kind of a total failure because I wanted to get her hooked on fishing and we could have a nice pastime together. She wasn't looking for any of that. She was just looking for time with her dad. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. And so um, we got to be careful as men as to what we say quality is, what, what success looks like. And, and, and um, for me, it, success looks like a couple things. Number one, am I praying for or with my girls? Number two, um, how often are they approaching me with a, with a three-inch by five-inch screen in front of my face? Right? Let's put the phones down. Amen. Let's look into the eyes of our girls um, and encourage them. And, and I say that not preachy. I say that, I mean, it's very, I'm indictable on that. Um, one of the best things that's happened on the sabbatical that I'm on right now is just the presence of mind of knowing how often am I going to this? How, how, how addicted am I to this device? Um, and the answer is completely. Yeah. And so um, as a distraction to those we love the most, I, you know, uh, we, we should be putting this thing down. For more on this, read the book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, by Comer. It is wonderful. And um, matter of fact, not only did I, did I buy the book, but I bought the Audible version and I listened to it. And my wife thought it was hilarious that I was listening to it at two times speed. <laughs> so <laughs> the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry and I'm Hurry. hurrying through it. It's my life in a nutshell. <laughs> So, um, you know, I think that that, that is uh, talking about the allocation of time and then the importance of just what are the rudiments? You know, so you get up, you know, uh, coffee's already on. Um, that was done the night before. There's a quiet time. Um, I'm not of the mind that you have to have a quiet time every day to be a good, you know, believer or a good Christian, but I am of the mind that daily disciplines create a long-term uh, output. And, and I've never been a daily discipline kind of guy. And so those are things I'm just trying to hammer on, spending my time on every single day. My wife works a little bit, uh, you know, in town once a week. And uh, so I'm trying to meet her for lunches, you know, so we can, uh, again, just invest time. A long time ago, I started something with my girls. We call it a great dad venture. And, um, I mean, it was kind of an experience design effort on my part to, to go create quality time. And we go to national parks or whatever, just, just two of us, and we, we, just, we just spend time. No, no phones, no, uh, you know, no malls, and just get out. And, um, and so we've been spending time doing that as well. But, again, that's the fallacy is that, you know, that, that isn't quality time either. The planning of it, 
sitting up at night on a computer or, or looking at books and places you want to go is just as good a quality time as the going itself, mm, maybe yeah. even more. And so all that is uh, kind of what I'm spending my time on. I mean, you know, to, to a lot of people out there, they'll look at it and say, wait a second, that's all you did on your six months is you planned trips and mm-hmm. spent time with your girls and didn't miss a t- tennis match or, or tried to get to every volleyball match. And yeah, that's, that's all of it. I just want to be invested as a dad and as a husband and re-get that spark uh, so I've got a strong base. And then uh, have that fill in my identity where, where my profession once was. Mm. That's really good. So you're going to come out on the backside of this then. So that's the next question, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to come out of this sabbatical and there's going to be a, a need for your time. Mm-hmm. Right, so that time is going to be stolen from you that you're getting right now. So you're setting up the framework to be successful relationally, and your hopes are is that that's going to that thread's going to continue. Mm-hmm. However, the, you're you're going to have to allocate some time to this business and to Vance Thompson. So, what have you learned in your sabbatical that you're going to take into the workforce? Well, there's a couple of things. First of all. What I found is that there's just such a huge need for podcasts directed at men. There isn't a good quality one out there. So I'm going to start a podcast called <laughs> Mankind and uh, really just to get, really just to speak to, to men. And to men. There's, yeah. 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 That's awesome. Vulnerable, yeah. Conversa- here, vulnerable conversations, meaningful relationships. Oh, wait, is my start mic there. still on? Is my mic still on? <laughs> oh. No, so, so seriously, the, the, um, that, that is the biggest question right now, at least as it pertains to the sabbatical, is I got four, you know, three and a half months left. And, and so what is the, what is, you know, January 2nd look like? And on one hand, I don't know. Sure. Uh, that's, that's the simple answer. On the other hand, um, the, this is the thing that keeps going through my mind and the, my mind as I'm talking with my family is that, um, you know, we go back to kind of the, the origin story of humankind, at least as I believe it. And that's that, uh, because of some of our sin, um, Men will struggle, quote, in the field, right, their daily labors. I think that that means in business or in their vocation. And I think that's the plight of men. I'm kind of at midlife. I'm 44 years old. And, and part of the stress and anxiety that I feel is related to, um, is this it? Is this what I'm doing with my life? And um, I think that is that original sin that's coming through. And so I'm reminded of the rest of the story and that's where I find peace, which is we serve a God who put hands in dirt and created and then said, this is good, and go and do likewise, and you were created in my image. Okay, so what that means to me is um, um, humankind, men in particular, um, you're created to work. We have a God who works. We have a creative being who made, you know, creation, ultimate, I mean, the ultimate form of creativity. Actual has dirt under his fingernails from creating us. And, and we're created in that image. And so we're called and designed to go be creative and to, and to put work on our back and carry it, to do something. So I don't think that January 2nd, I'm called to just be at home and pontificate the things of life. I think that what we're called to do is go, do, go. let's get back to grinding and hustling, but do it with the mindset that you should Sabbath, that you should rest, that you should remind yourself that this work isn't because you did it on your own. You're not self-made. 
It's because you're created by a creative being who gave you a heart for work and that work is worship. And that um, just like um, you should give it everything you got six days a week, you should do everything you can to not one day a week to be reminded that um, it's none of it was yours in the first place. It was all given to you because of you be cre- being created in the image of me. And so um, conversations I used to say, I used to say this very glibly, not knowing that it was also maybe damaging, but I used to say, man, I just want... My, my two responsibilities to my girls is I want them to grow up, love the Lord, and love work. I want them to grow up loving the Lord and loving work. And uh, that's still true, right? But I kind of weaponized it to, like, get us all excited for chores. <laughs> yeah. and, and what I mean is, is that um, it's okay to feel like your work is a calling, to feel like the things you're doing day in and day out for pay, that you would do it for free because you just feel so aligned with it and it's what God's placed on your heart. That is amazing. And, it, and people feel that responsibility. And, and then right on, the, right on the border of that, on the, on the dark side of that mountain is be careful that it does not become who you are. It's not who you are. It is your vocation, but you are still, your primary identity is a child of the king. You're an heir. You go and do good work, but you are already one. Mm. And that's the freedom that I think we need to remind each other of is that you can grind all you want, but it doesn't make you, you're not a better Christian. You're not more worthy of salvation. Um, so I know this podcast isn't directly, you know, tied to, to preaching on people, but that's the, that's the only place I find peace. You know, through the years I found that I have real, real anxiety when it comes to my professional life. And, and I talk to somebody about it and I medicate for it. And I think it's, uh, Again, part of the plight of man. Uh, in the business world, uh, the, or in the adult world, they say one in five struggle with either anxiety or depression. I think amongst leaders, it's probably higher. <laughs> the higher you go in an organization, the less a blueprint there is for your role. So I can't imagine it's less. But, uh, but it, I mean, it's possible, but it just doesn't stand to reason. So that means, you know, 20% of the people we encounter day to day, more like probably 25 or higher, one in four are struggling with some kind of anxiety and depression. And I believe that has to do with how we see ourselves in the lives we're living. And, and, and the God who saved me doesn't want that. Yeah. He wants, wants us to know, like, you, way before all this, I already know everything you're ever going to become or ever going to do, and I already died for that. You should just be at peace. And once you're at peace, now go work. Yeah, that's really good. Well, first of all, Matt, I think this is a very safe place to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Um, we certainly don't shy away from Jesus. And if you are someone out there that's listening, that whether the model has not been portrayed to you um, in the way Jesus wanted it to be, uh, we hope that we've provided you th- really through the in- entirety of mandate that this is a safe place, um, that Jesus is a safe place to, to harbor in. And if you ever want to talk to someone about Jesus, you don't need to go to a church to do that, right? That can be kind of an alarming experience. There are people in your life, and Ryan and I are going to be the first ones to raise our hands and say, if this is something you're considering, or this is the first time, like, wow, Matt, I just had an epiphany moment. Um, Yeah, I'd like to learn more about this Jesus person. Hmm. Reach out to us. We're not the professionals, but we can sit and listen. I think it's something that Ryan and I are very proud of that we can sit and listen 
and we can give you some resources, but then we'll also put some other people in your life that can talk to that maybe even a little bit better. Mm. Uh, because I can see some people, especially in the business world, definitely some males that are like, wow, um, I'd like some of that piece that you're talking about. You know, it's interesting because I also, here's the fear that's right on the back. I mean, you guys are going to experience this in real time, right? Because the minute I start talking about peace and and laying back in the Lord and all this stuff, I, I, I start to think, okay, so okay, so people are going to think I'm a pansy. You know, so mm-hmm. okay, so now I'm not going to work. So, so Matt Jensen's against grinding. I am not. You know, and I'm here to tell you, and you know, if I'm, I mean, if I'm across the table from you in a boardroom, my goal is to crush you. You know, I mean, and so, I mean, David was not known as only a warrior poet. He, he was also known as a man of God's own heart. So you can do both. Your totally. identity can be Christ-like and you can still be somebody who grinds and you should be. Um, but, um, but it's just about what, what is that, which definition is going to save you ultimately. And, and, and I know firsthand for myself, I can't save myself. Right. And I've tried for a long, long time. I think too, I mean, a lot of what I'm hearing too is just even like having some more balance in life. Like balance is not a bad word. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're giving up on Vance Thompson or your marketing company or those things. It means you're just giving more of yourself to keeping yourself right. So I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to wonder, or maybe for the first time they think like, wow, I feel like I'm burnt out or I feel like mm-hmm. I could use... And not everybody is going to be in the same position. I mean, not everybody is, you know, leading a medical company or mm-hmm. owns a med- marketing company. Um, what, what do you have as a recommendation for the first step for somebody who says, I need to unplug or I need to figure out, like, how to get right? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. And, and uh, you know, Ryan, one of the things that, I, that I'm reminded of is you, there's just a couple of quips that I think are helpful, and that's that you, you can't, you can't yoga your way to peace on this topic. You can't, in my world, goat yoga your way to peace, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're, you're not one spa day away from being healthy this way. This is, um, this is why I believe people went off in the wilderness for 40 days, yeah. right? Yeah. It, we have to be quiet. We have to, need, we have to create enough space, enough quiet to, to, in my case, talk to the Lord and be reminded about... Um, who saved us and why not because I'm so good, but because he is not because I was so worthy, but because he is right. And, um, and then from that platform of peace, um, then start to cast a vision on what you want to, you know, what's going to be your life's work. And on the topic of balance, you mentioned life balance. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge believer in life balance. It Mm -hmm. sounds kind of funny to say that. And I know that's not what you were proposing or anything, but I'm just, I think there are things that are worth arresting your entire attention, right? That's just like, this is big enough to me. This is going to be my life's work right now. I just have to grind on this, whether it's my girls or my wife or my, my vocation, a ministry that I'm involved in. But I do think that um, uh, it can't be your God. If you can't lay it down for a day, a week, and I'm speaking to myself here, if I can't lay it down, then, then it's become something bigger than it should be. And so um, I'm not into the 40-hour work week. I'm not into you know the 50-hour work week. I want to work harder, longer than all that. But I just don't want it to step over the line of being something that I can't put down. That's borderline addiction. Mm-hmm. And that means something else is on the throne. And um, 
you know, so, so that's what I want to be mindful of is what's taking the spot of, of my, of my, uh, the rest that's been, um, laid upon me. I mean, listen, the whole, you, you asked about what, what to do first step. I think that this book, the ruthless elimination of hurry or really anything dealing with understanding the Sabbath, um, I believe God knew what he was doing when he said people should, should rest. It's difficult. It's really hard to lay stuff down. And, um, and I am not good at it. But I think that's the point. And like, I should be asking myself, so why, why do I feel compelled to have to get that done today? Why, do I, why am I not trusting that there's plenty of time in the other six days a week um, to get those things done? And those are the questions we're supposed to be asking about our existence and, and our longings. Matt, um, one thing you touched on was the, the, what I'm getting from is some of this imposter syndrome. Um, I loved when you talked about this is, this is how I'm scared that when I come back, or if I'm gone, the organization is going to do better or it can clearly live without me. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that are really struggling. I mean, the, the, the buzzword is imposter syndrome, right? But it's something that we need to talk about. I mean, it's one, we, had a, we had a Marine Corps sniper on mandate that talked about that. Uh, and I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that if, if you haven't. Um, it's a wonderful episode about imposter syndrome. How do you or how, how do people daily, how can they deal with that? That idea of I'm, I'm making this up and people seem to think that I've got it all together and I don't. I mean, that's something that I certainly not necessarily struggle with. It's something that I say all the time. Like I'm just out here making it up mm-hmm. and I'm unapologetic about that. It's like I, I don't have it all together and you may think I do, but here's I'm fearful of loss i'm fearful of money i'm fearful of losing time like those are all fears of mine how can people start to marginalize that idea of man i don't really have it all together and i'm i need to be okay with that yeah well so so when it comes to then imposter syndrome which i i consider myself to be um you know i've got a terminal case of that right um, as I think all of us do, I think the worst thing we can do is stifle that, you know, so we feel like, um, you know, I shouldn't feel like that, or I don't want anybody to know that. I think that what we should, what we should do instead is welcome it and drag it out into the light. Yeah, I am worried about money. Um, and the more I normalize that and raise my hand and say, you know what, I'm actually worried about this. The more it becomes common amongst other people and it's seen as strength. Listen, one of the, it's so crazy that one of the quality leadership traits that people follow the most is vulnerability. And yet most people are so unwilling to be vulnerable. And so that there is imposter syndrome is, is uh, fascinating knowing that just being true to your fears might actually endear followership. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, isn't that interesting? Now, secondly, um, the minute that we do say that there's things that we don't know, other people come alongside and say, you know, I don't know some things either. And then everybody can start to operate from the same, uh, you know, place and say, okay, so then, you know, you can help with this. Maybe I'll go work on this part and we'll figure this out together. Deep down, we all know that nobody has the answer. 
I mean, no, no, nobody comes with, with the answer in mind. We hope others will, but by being true to what we actually know or are capable of, I think we are, we're going to be more likely to then start from the same page and say, okay, so this is what I'm worried about. And so we need to have an answer for this. And then you, everybody can be assigned the right tasks. As it relates to my job, one of the things that's interesting is that, um, you know, just even in the days leading up to my sabbatical, we were starting to hire new folks for a new organizational structure that we, that we uh, adopted. You know, so I as the CEO will have, you know, have a CFO and we'll have a COO. And rather than having 16 direct reports, I'll go to like five or six. And, um, you know, on one hand, I'm like, boy, that's all happening and I'm not there. But on the other hand, you know, when I come back in on January 2nd, life's going to be better for me too. So there's a pretty good trade-off because on the other, on the other end of whatever pride I need to lay aside on not having my thumbprint all over it, um, is, um, is a better life for me, um, where maybe I can be reminded of my true identity apart from me having to be the man in all categories. And frankly, so too many categories. You know, I mean, you, you're responsible for 16 areas of business. One of them's not going to be as, as attended to as, as, uh, as if you're only in charge of four. So, so that, you know, I think we just have to be comfortable not being all things to all people. That's absolute gold. Absolute gold. And it's so on mission for Mandate, mm-hmm. right? Our entire podcast is about exposing vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And we do that through testimony, right, through our guests, but we're trying to encourage men to have those kind of conversations. And I've never even, I mean, that's so simple, but it's so, that's just a gold standard, which is to tell more people about where you're falling short. One thing that comes up is for me, and it's come up for a lot of our listeners and, and maybe you guys have experienced too. But the one thing we've gotten better about talking about, at least in my age group is this idea that I've experienced loss in terms of like, um, like a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have gone through that and people are opening up about that. And what happens though is I, we had lost the child. And we, I said that in a CrossFit gym. Mm. Everyone stopped rowing and looked at and everyone just started sharing stories. And we all felt as if we were on the same page. And they were all waiting for someone to talk about that. Right? That's an extreme. You can do this in your everyday life, right? That's a, that's a huge part of mentorship is find someone that you can be vulnerable with. Yeah. You know, you said it's an extreme, but, but um, if all we ever did was assume that everybody we encounter is carrying something so heavy that they can barely make it, uh, the only thing we'd be is right. And so it might be the loss of a child for you, might be a spouse with addiction for me might be the entirety of my home who has mental health challenges for me. Um, it might be somebody else who just lost a loved one or, um, I mean, we, we, we just lost an employee at Vance Thompson Vision who's been struggling w- uh, with cancer for the last three years. I mean, it's a big time hole in our organization. Um, there's divorces. I mean, there's, there's, there's loss of, of children. There's children walking away from faith. There's loved ones stepping out on each other. Heartache, 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 heartache all over the place. And um, as leaders, if we walk around like we've got it together, not only is it untrue, it's damaging. It's damaging to people who just need vulnerability so they can get through it too. 
So, so it's not like, Hey, be better for yourself and be vulnerable. It's like, Hey, be better for everybody and be vulnerable. Yeah. Demonstrate our great need for a savior. And, um, and, and once we have need and realize we're at the end of ourselves, that's I mean, that's totally right where God wants you. Yeah. It says, good, good. You're mine. So good. Okay. Well, we have launched into our nearing of the end. Wow. Wow. That was good. I can't imagine a better like uh, on brand host or a guest for us today. No this question. Such, uh, thank you so much for being on the show well, it's today. Been a, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen, and thanks for having me on. I look forward to hearing what comes of it. It's going to be great. Um, Matt, one thing we like to ask people, uh, you know, we have mandatees that reach out to a lot of our guests. Um, where's a good place that people can find you? Sure. Well, um, you know, I'm available through uh, right now my Matt Jensen Marketing Company. So my email address is matt at mattjensenmarketing.com. Otherwise, I always just put my mobile out there as well, and that can be found in the show notes here. But um, people can reach out with any of these questions, and, and at least until January 2nd of 23, I've got time for coffee. These are the things <laughs> I'm talking about and studying and thinking about, and, and uh, I appreciate you guys are talking about these important things for, for the lives of men and, and for those who love them. Very good. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you next time on Mandate. Mandate does not exist without your continued support or the fact that you, KPP, keep pressing play. Another great episode of the Mandate Podcast is behind us. But here's something you can look forward to. Check out next week's podcast. Also, like and subscribe. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Find us on Instagram at MandatePod. Or send us an email, mandate.pod at gmail.com. Who knows? We might reference your email or call you out in episode. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash MandatePod. There's three easy ways to support monthly basis, and all of the funds go right back into this podcast. KPP, keep pressing play. See you next time on Mandate.